This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is sponsored by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Bellman Street, Aberdeen. Located only 30 seconds walk away from the nearest bus stop, taking supporters to Pataudry for free on match days. Siberia Bar and Hotel is open seven days a week, all year round, and get fired in with our exclusive discounts. Head to the bar and quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pound of Foster's, a £4 for a pint of Moretti or Dark Fruits, or £5 for a pint of Fierce or a Daiquiri any day of the week, including match days. Come on, you Reds. Red slight of foot there. And welcome along to episode 114.25, let's call it that, because there's remarkably already an episode 114.5 sitting, ready to go once the Dons get up and running with another signing. But here, for this mini, we're here to talk about the Dons' seventh signing of the summer, that's right, the acquisition of Orr. Dadia joining up with the Dons on a season-long loan from Israeli top-flight side Hapwell Bear Sheva on Friday. The Dons also holding an exclusive option to purchase the 26-year-old, who is an Israeli international, a right-back who can also play at centre-half. That option to purchase extends to next summer and would see a fee in the region of £400,000 required to make the move permanent. Dadia, who came through the Beersheba youth ranks, making his first team debut at 19 years of age in a 1-1 draw with Beitar Jerusalem in the Israeli top flight back in the 2016-2017 season, then went on a two-season loan spell, then went on a two-season long loan spell to Hapoel Benilod in the Israeli second tier, making 57 appearances in total for them over that spell, scoring once before then returning to Beersheba at the start of the 2019 2020 season where he's remained since making 126 appearances in that time including appearances in the Europa League and the Conference League in Europe he has played against Alexa Villarreal, Nice, Leverkusen, Slavia Prague, Austria, Vienna, Lech Poznan and the most glamorous of all Motherwell also a two times Israeli Cup winner and a one time Israeli Super Cup winner Daddy also made his international debut for Israel last September, a 2-1 defeat to Malta and a friendly. He played 57 minutes in that one. At just over six foot tall, described by Barry Robson as being athletic and hungry, and certainly his data seems to support the notion that we're getting a fairly solid, fairly robust fullback who can also create chances at the other end of the park. Defensively last season, he had the best def- defensive dual one percentage of any fullback in the Israeli Premier League and in the air, he also ranks in the top 70th percentile for aerial duels. One, on the attacking front, he actually looks pretty exciting in the 95th percentile of Israeli, of Israeli fullbacks for accurate crosses in the league. Also wins a high percentage of his offensive duels, that is, duels that take place within the final third. That's in the 85th percentile on that metric. He also seems to be a fairly accurate passer of the ball, both in terms of his short and long-range passing. Certainly looks to be a player who likes to play in the channel and it's all in the defensive or the attacking third. So this is not a player who gets bogged down in the midfield, a player who is very happy to get up and down the flank. 
looks like on the face of providing some stiff competition to Nicky Devlin and perhaps a sign that Jaden Richardson might be on the outs here. Certainly welcome defensive coverage for the Dons as we saw during the preseason friendly at Preston on Saturday. The Dons looking a little bit short on numbers in that area at this moment in time. But as always, what do we know? And the answer to that usually is very little. So to get us to lowdown on our latest recruits, we caught up with the sports rabbi himself, Josh Halleckman of sportsrabbi.com to chat about our daddy. Josh, welcome along to the ABZ Football Podcast. How's it going? Doing well here in uh, Israel. I'm in Jerusalem, so uh, things are fine. Uh, very hot. I'm sure a lot hotter here than it is in uh, your neck of the woods, but uh, we've experienced about 33, 34 degrees. So uh, it's all right. It's summer, summer weather in the desert. Good stuff. Certainly a little bit warmer than it has been for us, certainly in the last week or so anyway. Um, this is one of the great things about the uh, certain increase in Aberdeen's focus, shall we say, on exploring foreign shores from recruitment in the last 18 months is that we get to talk to people from all necks of the woods these days as well. So it is the first time we've been speaking to somebody from Jerusalem. So Josh, thank you so much for, for taking the time to join us. Pleasure. And we're here to talk about Or Dadia, who has become Aberdeen's first ever Israeli player, joining on a season-long loan from Hapoel Beersheva with the Dons holding an option to buy Dadia as well. I guess, firstly, Josh, surprised to see him making the move to Scotland. He's played his entire career in Israel to date so far. Yeah, uh, there hasn't been a lot of talk that he'd want to go abroad. I mean, up until the last month or so, uh, when it was clear that he wasn't going to be in the plans of uh, the coach, Eleni Varda, who at one point was a, a very prolific striker himself in Belgium. Um, and really, there was never a talk that this was a player that wanted to go abroad. You know, most Israelis are happy playing in the Israeli league. Some of them know that their level is not that good to ever make the jump to a, uh, you know, going abroad. I don't want to say better league or weaker league or stronger league, I think. And I don't, I don't know exactly how, I, I guess the Scottish league would probably be, would be considered a better league than the Israeli league, but maybe not even that by much. So there had never really been talk. And then about a month ago when it was clear, well, he wasn't in the plans of the, of the coach. Uh, he started looking at the options. They wanted to give him a contract because he had been loyal to the team. Uh, it was part of uh, at least one of the championships when they had three in a row. I think it was the last championship. Uh, a number of years ago, and uh, you know they signed to the contract. You have an option to buy. I don't even think there's a. I, you just have to fill the contract. From what I understand, there's no, you know, there, there's no fee on him. I think if you know he has a good year abroad, that's great for him. You know, he's coming out. Uh, you know, he's not a 21 or 22 year old. Yeah. He's coming as a, you know, 26 year old right now. Just turned 26 earlier in the month. It's a chance for him. I mean, it's a great opportunity. I think you know. In his wildest dreams a year ago, this opportunity probably would have never presented itself. And then, you know, things happen. Uh, and who knows? Maybe he'll end up having a, you know, very good uh, season with you guys and stay on. And maybe he ends up staying, you know, abroad for the next number of years. But he was never, you know, he was never slated as one of the great stars of Israeli football, for example. Mm -hmm. I noticed obviously on um, was it Friday night, I think it was, or it might have been Thursday night, you know, Beersheva absolutely hammered by Maccabee Tel Aviv. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and you just touched out there that um, it would appear that Daddy is not in the plans of the Beersheva coach. Any particular reason for that? And I guess given the result at the, earlier in the week, <laughs> maybe a surprise to let them see a defensive <laughs> option leave in this way. Yeah, I mean, you know, or Daddy, if you look at him, he's, he's a defensive uh, right back. Um, you know, he's going to pick up two, three assists a season. 
That's fine. He's going to put in a cross. He's going to work his tail off on the right side. He's a defensive player. He's going to give you an honest effort. Uh, I've never seen him be lazy. Um, he's going to put in 300%. He was, you know, one of those nondescript players that just did their job day in, day out. Um, the coach really wanted to see Sagiv Yecheskel, who was a, he was a striker for many years, and he's kind of converted now into a, a right back. And he gives him, I guess he feels that he gives him a lot more speed off the right side, a lot more offensive ability if he wants to, you know, especially if he goes with five in the back. Um, and maybe that, then maybe Ordadia would give him. Uh, and that's really the reason why. Or Sigivi Haskell has played for a number of teams in Israel, solid player, uh, definitely more offensively minded. He's looking, you know, he's looking to cross the ball in or he's looking to take, take the ball into the box. Uh, Elianiv Bardo was definitely a more offensive coach, uh, probably saw him as the better option at right back. Nothing against Ordadia. Uh, he was a loyal soldier last year. He saw this happening all throughout last season. He only played, I think, 18 games or so. Yeah. So he played about half the season. So he knew he knew his time was going to be limited, but he he never sat out. He didn't cause problems. He He was a loyal soldier. He was a loyal foot soldier to the coach. And he did what was asked of him. And, uh, you know, really, that's what you want uh, from a guy that's going to come in and give you an honest effort. And, if, you know, if you're not really looking for this big offensive burst off the right, you know, off the right back area, uh, he's fine. He's great. He, you know, you can put in a decent, uh, you know, decent, honest effort. And I think that's what he's going to do for Aberdeen. Yeah, I mean, certainly looking at his numbers uh, over the last couple of days, it's kind of interesting because he, he certainly seems like a very solid fullback, um, first and foremost. I think mm -hmm. looking at the numbers from um, last season in the Israeli Premier League, he actually has the best defensive duels, one percentage of any fullback in the Israeli top flight. Mm -hmm. um, was ranking in the top 70th percentile as well for aerial duels, one for, again, for Israeli, Israeli fullbacks or fullbacks playing in the Israeli top flight, I should say. So from that perspective, it looks pretty good. What was thought was quite interesting, and I know you were just touching on there that perhaps doesn't carry that much threat in the attacking um, sense, but his numbers actually on the attacking side are actually pretty good as well. But this could be a context thing. It could be this is where numbers don't necessarily translate properly because he's actually sits in the 95th percentile for Israeli fullbacks in terms of accurate crosses in the league. Now, you can't see how many of that equates to, but his short and long-range passing metrics are pretty decent as well. So he certainly looks like a really kind of solid... I guess the way I would always describe players like this is a kind of solid seven out of ten player. You're going to get a really level, a consistent level out of this exactly. guy, and that's what a team's made up of as well, isn't it? About having solid professionals who then allow the flair players to go and do their thing. No, that's for sure. Again, you're going to get a solid guy. Seven out of ten is probably his his normal rating. Uh, he's going to give an honest effort. The team last year had a very good season. Uh, they probably if they would have had a little bit more firepower up front and they had a big problem putting the ball in the goal, even with the likes of Tomer Hamid coming back from abroad, but he's an older, you know, Israeli striker. Uh, they needed guys that could win games. They didn't have that. If they would have had some players that could have put the, you know, ball in the goal, put the ball in the back of the net, they could have won the title. Maccabi yeah. um, Haifa did not have a great season, especially down the stretch. And we've been talking that really Beersheba blew it. They just did not, you know, they did not have enough firepower to find enough points near the end of the season. And they, 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 it was like the championship was on the table for them to take it. 
because Maccabi Tel Aviv was awful last year and they had all kinds of managerial problems. Now Robbie Keane, of course, is coming in uh, to that role. Um, and Beersheba just didn't have enough offense and attack to, uh, you know, to make up that. And maybe that's also perhaps why um, the, the manager and Eliane Barda is looking at at Sagivia Haskell is a better option uh, right back than uh, what Ordadia is going to give him. And that's, that's fine. That's his prerogative. There's no, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think you're getting a solid player. You know, a few of us were sitting around and uh, one day, you know, 10, 10 years from now, we're going to be saying that Ordadia, uh, what does he, you know, what does he have in common with one of the greatest managers in football history? And we can say that they were part of the same team, but and that would have—it's mind-boggling. I mean, the, it literally, just that thought that Ordadia is playing abroad for Aberdeen—it um, is—it's odd. There's no, there's no question about it. But it's great. I mean, it's just a great opportunity, and I think there's a lot of solid players in Israel that uh, the team should be looking at a little bit more. Um, I mean, you see, obviously, Celtic has had a very good run with a lot of Israeli players for years. Yeah, I was going to touch um, on that really quickly, because obviously Celtic, this is, so Aberdeen, I guess, for context, we, we've kind of really gone into in the last 18 months, we've really expanded our horizons when it comes to recruitment. Um, for for as long as I can ever remember, we've been very regimented, but effectively shopping in the British Isles market. Um, we'd occasionally dabble in the Scandinavian market. We had a brief flirtation with the Dutch market in the late 80s, early 90s. Um but we've really expanded our horizons in the last 18 months, um, which is very exciting from an Aberdeen fan perspective to be getting the opportunity to look at players from different areas. Mm-hmm. But as you say, you know, uh, Celtic have had great success in particular with Lee Labada and then near Beaton mm-hmm. before that from the Israeli mm-hmm. market. Do you think that this is a, a potentially untapped market from that perspective for teams like Aberdeen, where you can maybe pick up players at slightly lower than market value, potentially develop and then hopefully try and maybe spin off? I think so. Uh, I I think that there are a lot of players that are solid players in the Israeli league that, you know, are not flashy. Uh, Leo Labada is, you know, we all knew that he was going to be a a good young striker. Nir Biton came at a fairly young age and, you know, was an excellent uh, slash midfielder slash center back. I mean, but even the history with uh, Celtic goes back to, uh, you know, players like Al Berkovich, for example, Mm -hmm. one of the, You know, he was one of the spectacular players of, uh, uh, of you know, of Israeli football. I mean, there are a lot of solid, solid players that are in their mid-20s that never dreamed of the possibility of going abroad. And, you know, Scotland's attractive. Why? Because it's close to England. And that then opens up the doors of other larger leagues. Yeah. Uh, that's... Uh, and that's why, you know, Israelis would, if there were more options or opportunities to come to Scotland, I think that they would, you know, really say, wow, that's an opportunity for me, you know, to go to, uh, you know, I don't know, to Moldova or Macedonia or even, even Belgium. I mean, you know, a, a lot of Israelis had tried Belgium. None of them really worked off of that. I mean, Dudu Dahan, of course, the agent of many players that sent players to Celtic, sent a lot of players to Belgium. Leonid Barta was one who was very successful. The, the manager of uh, was had an incredible career. Lior Efelov, uh, who just came back to Maccabi Haifa this year, played over a decade in, in Belgium, had very, very good careers. But the solid but not spectacular non-goal scorers, midfielders, defensive players, never really made it or weren't really looked at. And... Yeah. 
I think that there are a lot of solid players. I mean, you're looking at most Israeli teams have about five foreigners, maximum six. They can only play five at a time on, on the pitch. So there are plenty of Israeli players that are playing. There's 14 teams in the in the top league. Um, you know, I'm just watching right now. The our Super Cup is on. So uh, most of the players I see on the pitch right now are you know guys that are in their 30s and never played abroad. Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, could have had an opportunity to play abroad, but uh, the you know it wasn't attractive enough for them to go. Scotland would be a place that, with that opportunity, is like or Darius as well. That's a good opportunity, and who knows? Maybe somebody sees me. If not, I'm living a good life. Scotland's a good country. Uh, not that Israel's not a good country, but Scotland's going to be a better opportunity than than uh, even Belgium, perhaps, would mm-hmm. give you. And uh, I think that that's. Uh, I think it's definitely an untapped market. I think if more uh, more of your uh, clubs could probably find some solid players uh, on the attacking side. Listen, it's uh, you know few and far between, and those guys are going to be snapped up. Like if it's a Manor Solomon, right? We went to Shakhtar, and now he signed with. Uh, he went to Fulham last season, and then he went to, of course, uh, Tottenham just uh, this past month. Yeah. Uh, but those are like the spectacular players, and, and we get all that. But there's a lot of middle players you know in that mid rank defensive players that are just ready you know to take that chance and and i think you're going to get honest efforts from these guys because if they know that they have an opportunity in front of them they're going to take it yeah and i think we saw a lot of that and you know because obviously scotland and israel have like played each other so much now in, yes. in the recent past that i think for a lot of scottish fans who would never really watch a lot of you know Israeli players, unless one of our teams happened to be playing them in European competition, for example, I think it was a real eye-opener, I think, about just the defensive robustness, if nothing else, and the kind of disciplined mm-hmm. nature of the, the Israeli side, and particularly they've got some really good players at the top end of the park, but defensively, very, very difficult teams to break down, and you kind of looked, and I remember looking at that and thinking, there's bound to be players in that market who are of that ilk, who could fit in really well with you and i guess that's maybe just brings us back to one thing maybe daddy is thinking as well but this he made his debut for the israeli national side last year just in a friendly against malta right i wonder as well if he's thinking well if i get out in the shop window i get in a uh, maybe a league which has got a bit more exposure about it in inverted commas that might help his cause a little bit maybe to try and force his way into the israeli national side as well possibly i agreed um you know i was surprised you know when you see that only one match He's better than one match playing on it for the Israel national team. But then again, the Israel national team was under, uh, you know, for a while it was under uh, Austrian management. Uh, we had Willy Rutensteiner here, some different coaches. We've, we've gone through different managers. It's gone through a process and they had a certain style. He didn't fit that style. Um, you know, they were playing, they were playing, you know, three center backs. And the minute you go with three center backs, they usually want to have a, a very, you know, quick right back that can backtrack. And Daddy is not going to be the quickest guy. Uh, and he's not going to be, uh, he's not going to feed that ball into the box. Uh, he is going to, like we see. But again, somebody like Eli Dasa, who's now playing in, in the Russian league, uh, is going to be a, a choice over a player like Ordadia nine and a half times out of 10. And that's understandable uh, if it's four in the back or five in the back. Um that's always going to be the 
the, the thinking, and that was the, definitely the thinking of that last uh, management. What, what, what system do you, does Aberdeen play right now? Well, that's the interesting part from this discussion at the moment is Barry Robson, who came in um, back in the last season and helped guide us into European football. Barry's very much favoured a back three um, and with mm -hmm. wing backs. Um, and that appears to be through preseason again so far. We appear to be settling into the back three uh, with wing backs. So it does kind of make it interesting, the, the Ordadia piece, because it sounds like he's probably more comfortable playing in a traditional back four as the full back mm -hmm. rather than playing as a wing back. But clearly, we've seen something in his numbers, I think, that makes us go, he's going to get up and down the line. And that's an option. It might be we've decided we want a bit more robustness from a defensive mm -hmm. perspective rather than being too concerned about what we do at the other end of the park from that side. Right. I, I think you know again he he's built and you're getting a player that you know has you know has a good body on him. He's not Ali Dasa is a very slender, quick player uh, when he's playing on the national team. Or Dadia is definitely a you know has a thicker body. Um, I think he's he's under six feet, but not much under six feet, and he he's he's thick. I mean, which is fine. I mean, I get I think that's good. Yeah, that'll uh, I, that'll work well I, I in the like Scottish my, league, you know. Yeah, exactly. I like, I like, I'm not against the players like uh, Elie Dasa, of course. Uh, they're great. They're offensive players, but I, I'm a defensive traditionalist in, in all my sports, <laughs> including ice hockey and, uh, you know, going down the line. I like to see, you know, strong defense. I want to see guys that are going to, you know, rough it up and, and not complain that they're always hurt. And, you know, that's, that's not Ordadia. He's going to give you an honest effort. He's going to get roughed up and, and I think he's a perfect fit. I really think that he he will he will do well in in the Scottish league. And uh, I think you have a I think you picked up a real winner of a player. Uh, you know he's won a championship. He he has seen his team. Um, you know they won a state cup a few years ago in COVID. Uh, he's been working. You know he was a, he's a loyal trooper, and that's that's really what you guys want. Agreed. Listen, uh, Josh, if nothing else, you've got me excited about our dad here again. So I'm eager to see what happens. We're just waiting for his international clearances and everything to all come through. And then hopefully he, he'll make his uh, first appearances for Aberdeen over the course of the next week or so. Anyway, listen, Josh, I know it's getting late now in Jerusalem. So we will um, bid you farewell at this moment in time. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the ABZ Football Podcast. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So there we have it. All being well, or Daddy will join up with the squad this week once his international clearance is all through, and we may even see him feature at Charlton next week in pre-season. Until next time, please remember to like, subscribe, or follow. Do whatever you do on the podcast player of your choice, and we'll see you on the other side. Stand free. This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast was brought to you in association with Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Head into the bar, quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pint of Foster's, £4 pint of Moretti, or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Siberia is open seven days a week, all year round, and the bar is located only 30 seconds walk from the nearest bus stop taking supporters to Stadium for free on match days. Come on, you Reds.